The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. Just, I, I just need to say this, I was, I so had to burp there, <laughs> and I tried so hard Dude, not to no, like, let it fun, out. Funny, funny story about that, like, I was, when I, because this, we're recording this uh, April 30th. And the day before, I was recording the disclaimer for the the Aquaman episode as Captain Nemo. And when I kept recording, I was like, uh, uh, I kept having, having like some like uh, having to like do that. <laughs> and I was like, I had, I had to record it over and over and over again. <laughs> it was so annoying. It was frustrating, but I. But you I, know that what? It was, was a fun disclaimer. <laughs> that was a great disclaimer, though. It was worth it. It was so good, especially. The whole episode, listen, guys, we don't normally boast about our own show. In fact, we make fun of our own show a lot. But those last two episodes, the Aquaman and uh, Batman, Robin, and Planet of the Apes, those are the best ones. You go listen to those when you get a second. Yeah, what I would say is stop listening to this one and watch, <laughs> listen to those two. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I'm sure this one will be fine. Actually, no, no, scratch that. Listen to this one and then listen to those two because I imagine after you listen to those two, you'll never want to hear another episode. <laughs> like, how can they top themselves? And the, the answer is we can't, so. No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, um, how are you, dude, too? I am okay. I see, I, I see you got some uh, some food there. I do have some food. This is the second time I've eaten on this podcast, which is funny to think. Like I thought I would do this more often. I am I am proud of you of the restraint that you have. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I, I... I talked about doing spring cleaning not that long ago. And cur- currently, what I'm doing right now is I'm... I have four shelves in my man cave closet that are primarily for Blu-rays and DVDs. And for the longest time, my fourth shelf has just been like a toy shelf. And I've decided to use that shelf for discs. And it looks much more appealing. I, this shelf is basically for westerns, for the for Marvel movies, and for, for DC movies at this point. With some other extra stuff. Um, because beforehand, I had all those movies, not the westerns, but like the Marvel and DC stuff on my TV stand, and it wasn't the most convenient location to access my movies, funny enough. Right. You would think, oh, right by your TV stand. No, because you have to crouch down, and it's like a stack, and it's not it's, as nice it's, as it's like, like pulling it's it. It's like it's so low, 
on the ground yeah. that you just yeah no i get that it, it's it's like just nothing beats the convenience of just like okay i pull pull the thing off the shelf and then i'll put it back later whereas after a while it got really disorganized on my tv stand like pulling off off discs off my shelf so uh there's that i'm also uh i've also been starting to sell discs on online i might even put my ebay link in the uh <laughs> in, in the, show, Listen, the show description plug what you got man go for it i don't i don't i don't see the issue do too on uh on ebay <laughs> let's go I, I just i just sold some items i'm gonna i'm gonna ship them out on uh on may 1st and i'm i'm pretty darn excited about it honestly you know just to, just to get rid of stuff that's literally been collecting dust and stuff like because I, I i buy a lot of things as you know from uh dude two's pickups <laughs> You know what's funny? Mm. Um, it ma- it makes me think of how like when I started getting Blu-rays, I didn't want because like I I don't have like a bunch of formats and stuff. I just kind of like to stick with one format and I'm fine. Um, so when I was getting Blu-rays, finally, I was trying to figure out what to do with all my DVDs. So I just sold them all on Amazon. Yeah. So I think I think after a while, uh. Like it actually worked out. I made a pretty decent amount of money. I did get some notes back from people saying like, "You said this said it came with a digital code. It's supposed to work." I'm like, it's used, ma'am. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. The, you bought a used movie and you expect the digital code to work. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you, but I don't know. But I was able to sell pretty much all of them, and then the rest I just that I couldn't sell. I would just sell uh, at like a. A, a couple stores here and there but that's what it made me think of yeah i i sometimes would go, go to suncoast and trade some stuff in you know but sometimes with like with ebay it's just like you know yeah they take a percentage out but i, I i'm i know for a fact i'm gonna get more with what what i sold on ebay versus what i trade in at at, at um at suncoast so you know there's that plus i i, I am pretty i don't want to say specific i am specific i, I take a bunch of photos and if, there, if I see noticeable damage, I'll make note of it. I'm going to say just any questions. So you're actually one of the good sellers. I think I'm a pretty good seller, honestly. Like, I I, th- I feel like if if I if I figured out something to sell on eBay, I think I'd be, it would be a pretty good, like, secondary, like, gig. It would be sell stuff sell stuff online. Because I do, I do like quality control. And I like, you know, and, and if I always make my eBay thing, like, for, for best offer. Like, you know... Like hey, I'll, I'll have a price, but like, if you wanna if you wanna shoot me a price, shoot me a price, and you know we'll talk. You know, because I don't like to be one of those people where it's just like, you know, I I I, I know the value of my thing, but I'm also willing to say you're like, willing to haggle. I'm also willing to make a sale. I want to make yes. <laughs> like like money's money, man. As long as you're not lowballing me, then you know we're good to go. Um, I did also pick up a, a 4K of a movie that we will be talking about on the podcast in a few weeks, so I'm not going to bring that up right now. Sometimes I do like doing hints, but it's too soon for this movie. Yeah, it's a little too... I mean, we kind of bumped it up a little bit. Um, I mean, we did have one good episode, but it was also kind of bad. Like, it wasn't like... Like, it needs some work a little bit um, for that one, so it just felt right to just bring that up a little bit. Um it was ugly, though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Well, the, the, the scheduling uh, scheduling was a bit ugly. Just trying to rearrange stuff, but that that's you know, that's not either here nor there. But uh, I'm I'm gonna have some some spaghetti soon. I think. Anyway, how how are you? Doing, <laughs> <laughs>
I'm so glad that we did that. Um, no, I'm doing all right. I'm actually, like I said, I'm I'm eating a piece of pizza. Oh, oh that's great. So, I'm having a, this is a late dinner because I just got home like an hour ago. Mm. But, um, sorry, I wanted to actually chew that and not talk with my mouth full. Um, actually, I recently watched the Raid movies. Have you seen those? I've never seen the Raid movies. Because I, I remember when they were coming out and like a lot of people were talking about like, oh my God, you got to see the Raid movies. Um, and I forgot that the two, like, sort of the two main actors that are in both movies are in The Force Awakens as the, the Kanja Club guys. Oh, yes, Kanja so Club. So when they, when they come in, like, I never made a deal with Kanja Club. Tell that to Kanja Club. Yeah, and I then remember, they just like, come my in. friends, <laughs> my friends were, like, really excited when that scene came on. But now it makes so much more sense when they come in, and it's sort of like an epic and in- like introduction, especially because the characters don't do much. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, "Oh, it's the raid guys!" Uh but no, they're actually like pretty awesome movies. And one of my favorite things about them is they're so different. So, like the first movie is like Die Hard. It's 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 showcasing the action scenes. It's a very simple movie. It's only like 101 minutes long. It's not very beefy. It's you know characters going into a building, um, trying to fight drug dealers, and um, they showcase this uh, martial art. I forget what the style is called, so I apologize on that. But um, the action scenes, exciting, dynamic, fast paced, brutal. So like it's a really fun movie. Then um, the second movie I I saw was like 49 minutes longer. It's a two and a half hour movie. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) This is is two and a half hours. The last one was like so simple and so, you know, like you don't need to do much with it. Like it just showcased the martial arts. What are you trying to do with this one? They turned it into a full on crime drama. Like it's like the departed. Like the main character Rama is, uh, is a police officer in the first movie he does SWAT stuff so he's like kind of the SWAT team guy in the second one he's a under he's he's forced to go undercover to weed out um corrupt police officers and it he just goes into this like whole like crime ring um while also like showing off that amazing martial arts style with it just being 10 times more brutal and we and we're introduced to more characters and the story is more well spread like, it's pretty crazy how different the movies are but how good i think both of them are for for what they're trying to do so i was actually pretty happy to i might make a video about it actually because because <laughs> i was actually like pretty excited about it and on that note i i just finished watching a pretty big uh, movie series that I, I do want to make a video about as well. I don't want to talk too much about that one because I just want to keep that one a surprise. But God, I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's going to be a good one. I'm actually very excited for that. But when you said that, it made me think of our um, our good friend, Dr. Feehan. Because on the Aquaman episode, I did say like Mosasaurus or, or whatever, you know, Dr. Feehan's probably going to correct me. He didn't have to correct me. He told me that I was correct. So, uh, oh, there you go. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Doctor Feehan, our expert fact checker. Gracias, thank you so much. But yeah, so that's pretty much the extent of what I've been doing lately. Just, um, just hanging out. I did do something pretty major. Actually, no, I, I did do one thing pretty major, but I don't know if it's time to to reveal that just yet because it's kind of podcast related. Ooh. 
So, I will say, though, it was $600. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, what's what's funny about that is, yeah, you probably, you dropped $600, but I know I'm I'm in the process of dropping $900 for something that's not nearly as significant as that. (laughs) Proving, proving once and for all, I am truly a (laughs) man-child. Well, I mean... The thing I the thing I dropped six hundred dollars on is it's meant for children, so <laughs> to a degree you could justify that a bit more than, than mine. Like yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. We'll, but we'll 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 get we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We will. I I think that's enough of our our private life stuff. I think we're gonna uh, <laughs> we're gonna leave it at that because because um, it might get too too deep. Not that we haven't like gotten deep on this show, oddly enough. So so deep, but... bro. So deep. <laughs> so deep, man. But no. So today, um, we have a pretty cool double feature where we're showcasing um, an auteur, an icon of special effects. Uh, who is this guy, Joey? Tell us about him. This man is the one, the only, the legendary Ray Harryhausen. I'm eating. I'm sorry. I was going to say something. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who don't know of Ray Harryhausen, you have certainly have seen movies or TV shows or things that have been influenced by him or reference him. If you mm-hmm. enjoy any of the works of, of Peter Jackson or, you know, a lot of special effects artists from the last, like, 40 years, especially folks who worked on Star Wars, like... You know, like Phil Phil Tippett and Dennis Murin and some of those, you know, some of those guys. Like, then then that you you um were at least exposed to something that is sort of in the the DNA of Ray Harryhausen, who is a master stop motion animation artist, and he is such such a. It, it's interesting that we use the term auteur because usually auteur is applied to the director. The auteur this theory is, true. is, this is true. the auteur theory is like just a this is not a film school class. This is just a podcast hosted by a couple guys who like movies. Though if you want a degree, we can like print one out. If you want. Honestly, no. If we print it out, it would be like one of those stars that would say like congratulations, little <laughs> it'd Johnny. Be a, a part it'd be a participation award. Like you listened. Thank you. Here's here's your degree. No, but but like when we talk about uh, auteur theories, like usually refers to the director that they're like the singular they're the artist of the piece there that's you know obviously filmmaking is a collaborative effort you and i both know this mm-hmm. we talk we talk about the movies that we talk about there's a lot of teamwork that goes into that but a lot of the time when people talk about a movie they're like okay stanley kubrick's 2001 a space odyssey or in more recent circles Zack snyder's justice league mm, that one but this is an auteur who is not the director of the piece. He is the special effects artist, but he's also a producer. He's all, he's also yeah. co-produced. He brought about a lot of the stories that are in these, in his movies. And he comes up with the designs of the creatures or came up with the designs of the creatures. He did the design, did the stop motion himself. I mean, other than like, other than clash, clash of the Titans, um, which we'll get to later. Um, all of his, his movies, where he was the main technician, he was the only guy doing the stop motion. Which is, which if you know how stop motion animation works, is both 
like what and also wow like it's because essentially not that i have to break this down at all but um for those of you that aren't necessarily where this is for my sister because i know she'll be like what's stop motion she'll know what it is but she doesn't know how it works maybe she does you know what jelly i'm sorry if you if you're listening to this and, and no, but i've you, but you know misjudged what? you is, like like point is call, th- this is valuable this is actually yes. very valuable because we do talk about special effects on our show we talk about a lot of we big do. budget movies and we briefly mentioned stop motion in the in when we talked about king kong mm-hmm. but this is a, an episode that is exclusively dedicated to the art of stop motion animation yes so Essentially, this is what it is. You have a puppet, essentially. And the puppet is is essentially, at its core, this metal skeleton that can pose in pretty much any way you want it to. And then you form uh, clay and different things around it, and then you make the character. So, like, say with Jason and the Argonauts, you have the Hydra character with all the little heads that move around and stuff. So you would make uh, a metal armature and then you would mold around that, and you would go forth and make a Hydra. Then you would make the set, and then you would literally place the Hydra on the set, make sure, especially in this case because it's a special effects situation with real people, you need to make sure you're framing it well with what was actually shot. And period, And every pretty much the entire day is just you going, move a little bit, take a picture. Move a little bit more, take a picture. And you do that excessively and you have to do so many different movements just to get it to seem somewhat fluid and to seem animated till you get to a point where you finally have your final shot to put in the movie and that and to to know that ray Harris, especially with this one did it all himself is both like amazing and like i am so sorry (laughs) 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 i am so sorry like he probably obviously wanted to do it because that's like his thing and he loves it but at the same time it's just i imagine there were days he's just going what am i doing with my life (laughs) (laughs) but you know what though i do have to bring up just a little more background on harry ray harryhausen like like some of his earliest like movie going experiences was seeing king kong on the big screen so he was directly influenced by Willis O'Brien and got to work with his idol Willis O'Brien on Mighty Joe Young, even doing, I believe he claims he did like 90% of the animation in Mighty Joe Young. Wow. Um, which won an Oscar for Best Visual Effects for Willis O'Brien. And it, it, it's 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 really just a, a, astonishing his, his career um, when you look at like the kinds of movies. And not all of the, of the, the movies themselves are great. Especially some of the science fiction ones, I don't, I don't love a lot of them. But, but like, I mean, we have established that you can have a bad movie with great, uh, with something great in it. Yes, like yes, we have, like, yes, we like have. we look at Rick Baker, obviously, and how great his uh, ape designs were in Planet of the Apes. Crappy movie, but goodness gracious, Good, goodness, goodness gracious, gracious. Um, indeed. So. You know, there was a couple movies I really wanted to talk about Ray Harryhausen. Like, for me personally, my favorite of all time is The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Such a magnificent, wonderful, like, just beautiful fantasy film. Definitely mm-hmm. the type of stuff I love talking about on our program. But for this one, it just, it just, it had to be these two films. It really, because it's the same, it's basically the same genre of Greek myth adventure movie, which is kind of crazy. And it almost feels like, like their own, even though they're like decades apart, like it's own like cinematic universe 
a little bit like before that was like a thing you know so it's like one of the first movies is jason and the argonauts and then one of the other movies you just you just want um what's uh uh todd armstrong is his name the main actor you just want todd armstrong and harry hamlin to be like hey (laughs) are you going on an adventure yeah are you yeah this is my boat what's that that's an owl great how are you doing (laughs) all right nice to meet you all right i'm gonna go now okay bye Yeah, and that, that was why, that was scripted. This, this this is why we don't write for Hollywood movies. But no, you know. Anyway, uh, if you couldn't tell, our first film is the 1963 movie Jason and the Argonauts. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's it's one of the the it's it's funny enough. I mentioned the cinematic universe thing. It is kind of like the Avengers of Greek mythology because you have Hercules. And then you have like all these other like different like famous Greek hero characters sort of team up with Jason to go on his voyage to find uh, the Golden Fleece, which is still like this is a weird thing for me. But like whenever the first time I heard Golden Fleece, my first thing is like the the like those like sweaters that have like the zip that only goes down to the chest. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, he's he, he can just get that at Target or probably Walmart. It could be golden. It's like no 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 it's it's like a ram skin that has the ram's like skull on it and it's golden i'm like oh that's completely different to what i thought it was it's <laughs> 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 a whole other thing it's like it's actually funny uh my shout out to mike uh he loves these he bo- he loves both of these movies and he loves greek mythology mm-hmm. and I, I love it when pete when, when, when like somebody shows him like a fleece he's like bro that's not a that's not a fleece <laughs> That's just a dumb sweater. (laughs) That's not a fleece. That's a fleece. So, Jason, Jason and the Argonauts. uh, This was a a a huge film for Harryhausen back in 1963. It cost three million dollars. Put that in perspective. The uh, my favorite Harryhausen film, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, made a few years prior, cost six hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Um, so yeah, this was, this was a big, this was a big investment and, uh, ba- the, ba- the basic premise of this, you have like a pro- a prophecy is, is foretold and, uh, Jason is, is supposed to be the lawful king of, um, lawful king of, I believe Thessaly is, is the kingdom that they're talking about. I believe so. Yeah. And basically he, he goes, on, he goes on a voyage uh, to get, you know, to grab the golden fleece and to, you know, muster up, uh, excitement and to muster up, you know, basically like to win the hearts of hearts of men. So he could go after the person who, you know, who basically just destroyed his family and all that stuff. And the movie is part of that adventure, which is kind of wild. Like, cause fun fact, and this will come as again, no shock to anyone, I've never seen this movie before we went into it. And so the, the the craziest thing about it was that I honestly expected it to be like the whole journey, right? I mean, which is a long journey, but at least uh, the journey condensed into like however long movie that they wanted to make. And they do skip a few things. I mean, the, the, the clashing rock thing doesn't happen to like another like major moment, I believe, in the actual mythology. And so when I was watching this movie, I like... You know, they, they kind of have this whole big setup, and then the movie ends, and I'm like, but wait, there's, there's like, 
a billion more things that they still got to do. And so I guess I was like, did they make a sequel of this? And then you told me that that it wasn't a a success. Yeah, this movie underperformed at the box office at the time of its release. It has since been appreciated. And when you ask most people, they'll probably say this is the best Ray Harryhausen movie. Mm -hmm. Or or it's, it's highly regarded today. That's the one I've heard the most. I mean, I'd seen like our other movie before, but this is the one that I like whenever anyone talk Harryhausen, this is the one. Like this is to to me, even though again, I know I keep emphasizing the Seventh Voyage is my favorite one. This is almost like the gold standard mm-hmm. as as far as Ray Harryhausen. Like the scene, like so many scenes are just so great and so iconic. But there's just go go to your point about like how this is like a condensed like how like the story doesn't finish. It was one mm-hmm. of those things where when I first watched this, I never fully realized that. Really? Until like no, I I because because for me, I don't really care about like. I guess I guess it, it, it's it's one of the, it's it's like the classic case of like you know uh, the the, jur- the the journey is the important thing not so much the destination I guess and you know but it was and it was pointed out to me that like oh yeah like you think about it you know the Pelias thing isn't fully resolved mm-hmm. and there's so many and they don't they didn't they don't go, come back and the movie ends with them saying oh you know well let them rest for a bit we will have do other adventures or whatever or whatnot and that, like like. It almost feels like they're needed to like, maybe maybe they were really hoping it would be a massive success, and then they could make another one, but then that's not what happened. Maybe that's what I don't know the whole story. But maybe that's what led for them to make. Because did they make any other Greek myth movies besides this and our next one? No, I mean because they, they made a bunch of Sinbad movies, but that's not Greek myth. But you know that's the, I think I would say that's the closest thing that they did to like Greek mythology. Movies. So maybe maybe when he made Clash, that was sort of his way of like saying, "Okay, I didn't get to do more of this, so but I'll do this later, maybe." Yeah, ba- you know, ba- yeah, basically. I mean, it, and it, it, I actually think too, like I have the comic somewhere, but there there was like a sequel comic that there was they they made many decades later. Um, I think it's like where they go. I think they go to the underworld or so, or some something. Oh, and there's also, I want to read that. And there's also Wrath of the Titans, but like not Wrath of the Titans, the the sequel to the remake. <laughs> like, yeah, not that. Wrath, it was like a comic thing, and the comic c- cover is really cool because see, you see Perseus. I think he's riding on Pegasus. You see the Cyclops from Seven Voyage to Sinbad, and Bubo's like flying, and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> what could have happened? That would have been cool. But again, like for me, it's like. There's so much going on with this movie. There's a lot going for this movie too. It, there is a lot going for it. Yes. In, in comparison, because like again, you talk. We talk about the story, which I think is a fair thing to bring up that the story doesn't fully complete. But I would argue, like this is one of the more compelling stories that we've seen in a Harryhausen film because I really like Jason as a protagonist in comparison to other characters. Because Jason, Jason's like he 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 doesn't want to take crap from anybody. Like he he's the he he is the leader. But he's he's also like trying to prove a point with the gods that you know he doesn't want to have all the help in the world from the gods. He wants to be able to do it himself. He wants to be yeah. He wants to be his own person, which I think is a pretty a pretty strong thing for for. It's a very human thing, I think, for yeah. a lot of people. Is that I mean, it is nice to get help every now and then, but at the at the end of the day, like we want to do it ourselves. We're gonna be like, okay, I did this. Yeah, like like when he musters when he musters those men. They're not. They're not assembled because the gods were like, okay, here, here's Hercules, here, the, here's Hylas, here's all these guys. No, they're assemb- They're assembled because Jason was able to win their hearts, 
and mm-hmm. have like a co- have like a competition, you know, and and all that stuff. And it just I like the camaraderie, even though not not all of these characters are developed. I like that like one of my favorite moments in the movie is when Hercules joins. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Hercules, yeah, join in. And then the Hylas, I think Hylas is like the smart is the smart dude. Yeah, and he's just, I think, yeah. That's a good scene. He's like, hey, what if I beat Hercules in a contest? And he's able to beat Hercules, and Hercules isn't mad about it. He's like, yeah! <laughs> like, I like this guy! Let's this do guy's this! guy's cool! And it actually, <laughs> it comes up later, too, because, like, Her- Hercules and him, do they do connect, and ends up with a real pretty pretty sad like scene this is, you know, like, like it's a very tragic ending to their story yeah like because we're gonna spoil it obviously but um essentially when they get uh to this island this is after like they had been sail sailing for a while and they're running out of you know food and energy and they're they're, they're having to share like a bag of water like three sips each essentially and um Jason asks Hera, you know, for some help. And mind you, on that note uh, as well, I like the I like the idea that he just sort of because like Hera is helping him through his whole journey, but he she only is allowed to help him five times, and he breezes right through that. Yeah, just like boom, he's done. And so, and I think that in a, in a way that sort of contributes to the whole he wants to do things for himself. He's like, okay, you can help me five times, but I have to be able to do this on my own. And so, while he does get additional help, sort of with um, uh, a necklace that he has later, um, he he ultimately is able to do this whole thing on his own. Especially get the golden fleece itself. Um, they get to this island, and they're told, "Listen, it's it's so an Aladdin thing." Because that's the first thing I thought of. Like, all right, when you go in, <laughs> when you go to the Cave of Wonders, get the lamp. That's it. There's going to be a lot of things that look great. There's going to be some treasures. There's going to be some diamonds, some rubies, and some gems. But don't take any of it. And the same applies to this. So everyone... Obviously, it's just kind of funny that Jason looks directly at Hercules like, Don't touch anything. He's like, but what if there's a woman? (laughs) No, don't do it. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying if there's a woman and, and she's beautiful and 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 ready to go <laughs> it's kind of his weird way of saying that um then you know no man should be able to stop me and it's like no 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 hercules that's not happening so um they go to the island and of course hercules and the, the smart guy i'm sorry i just completely blanked on his name <laughs> <laughs> He's a smart guy. Do, 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 do. So, so um, they go uh, on to like get some goats or whatever, and they see the statue of Talos, who's a who's a titan. And there's a door open underneath his statue, and there's tons of gold in there, tons of treasures. And Hercules is like, "Well, no one's gonna miss it." <laughs> And then, of course, it leads to Talos, the statue, coming to life and trying to kill them. And though they're able to defeat him, unfortunately, uh, the smart guy friend uh, does not survive when the statue, like, collapses on him and Hercules decides... And you know what? You got you, It's terrible what Hercules did, but at least he owned up to it and said, I did something terrible and I'm not leaving this island until I at least find out that my friend's okay. And he stays. Also, if this was like a, a movie, a movie made in the 21st century, you know the after credit scene 
would have Hercules. <laughs> yes. Because because they do mention in the movie, like, Zeus... I, I think they say Zeus has other plans for him, for Hercules. They, do, they say Hercules does not... Uh, his his journey does not continue with you or something. The, yeah. I imagine I imagine his, his after credit scene is, is more or less, like, uh, how Hannibal Chow comes back in Pacific Room. <laughs> Where is my goddamn sandal? <laughs> but it's not Hercules. It's the smart guy coming out. Like, like, like you just see the statue. He's just like digging his way out of the sand. <laughs> Where is my goddamn javelin? Also, just just on 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 that note, like, I, I mean, and also just the story too. Like, is a story of like of of greed. As well, I mean, obviously, we talk about the the scene on that island, but also when you think about about Colchis, who is in possession of the Golden Fleece, and they are they are willing to fight anybody who's going to try to take this Golden Fleece because it's brought them so much peace and prosperity, because they know because because anybody who has a Golden Fleece, they they might have some type of protection or whatever, and you know they 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 got they go through great lengths to um great lengths to protect it, but. On that, I, I also I do want to talk about the stop motion because that is really the main reason why we we are here. It's the highlight. It's the it's the top tier thing worth mentioning, and it's especially with this one, knowing that it was just Harryhausen doing this, it's really impressive. Yeah, like not even from like a oh you know what it's not even like you know oh you know he did the best he could kind of thing. Like it looks pretty like no, it's really good, and one guy did it. Yeah, like you would you would assume that there was at least like because with King Kong and some of those other movies, like there were a couple like animators like working like, on that. Even like if you think of like full stop motion movies, there's teams, teams of people to get that done at a, at a on on a certain point so that you can release it in theaters and meet that deadline. Because if you're just getting one dude doing that, you're not going to get that done very fast. No, and the fact that he was able to do it as fast as he. I'm sure as fast as he could, but also like as precise as he could, and make it look, especially when you see like, uh, like the Hydra, or you see any of the more like complicated, um, special effects, like this. Obviously, the skeletons, the famous skeleton scene. It's oh, man, really I, impressive. The skeleton scene is so well choreographed. That was the part I was looking forward to the most because that's what I like when you when it's when it's Jason and the Argonauts you don't hear about the ship you don't hear about all the god you don't even know anything else that happens in the movie but you know that they fight skeletons. Can I also just I'm going to talk about wimpy child Joey for a second. So uh, did you I look watched, at a DVD and get scared again? This is a D- related DVD. So on the DVD bonus features of Jurassic Park, there's a documentary that talks about the making of the movie and. They talk about they reference like stop motion movies like King Kong, and then there's a shot. There's scene they show the skeleton scene, and you have the skeletons like they they have that scream that they oh yeah the screech, and mm-hmm. it scared the bejesus out of me as a child. Like, oh my gosh, I was like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, and that was my first exposure to the works of uh, of Ray Harryhausen. Was that little? Uh, oh really? Was that little was it? Yep, that was that little blip. So that was over over twenty years ago. So. Thank you, Jurassic Park uh, DVD. I mean, uh, Jurassic or, Park is just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? It it really is. But but yeah, like that skeleton scene. I love like the person. I think what shines through is the personality of the cre- of the creatures themselves. You know, I think it's a very important thing that Harryhausen learned from Willis O'Brien. Because when you watch King Kong, or I know you haven't seen Mighty Joe Young, but the the, the characters they are really characters, and that's why they have a- outlasted so many other 
movies from their time is because like these these special effects aren't just special effects they're characters mm-hmm. and i think about the scene where talos is finally defeated and you see him like clutching at clutching at his throat and he's like mm-hmm. moving and the sound design's great too and you hear the the uh, the rusty like like the the rusty movements and you go uh, uh, and he collapses or mm-hmm. like like the, I just think about the skeletons when, when they're when the, like the little gags that they have like where the skeletons' heads kicked off and they're trying to like they're like Whoa. <laughs> like I gotta give props to the little details too because that's the that's the real thing like he he could have just animated it enough that it looked fine but like there's bits when you see like the skeletons get knocked over during the fight and that you see like an arm still kind of swinging yeah or you see like like the stuff like that man they. He 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 didn't skip a beat on that one. I think I I I am sure there was a point where like maybe he wished something was better because I think that's the case with everyone um, who like in any kind of art scenario like you make something and other people could be like oh this is a masterpiece. Do you be like well I could have done better? Like I'm hundred percent sure. Even though I think it'd be ridiculous because I, I I think he perfected this. This is the perfect movie. Um, but Paul King probably had something bad to say about Paddington too when he made it. But I doubt it because <laughs> it's just again it's the greatest movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that is that is now fact. <laughs> uh. But the, also, just the hy- the Hydra scene. I love mm-hmm. everything about that scene. Like, just just the... Dis- like, again, I know I keep you can't see it, but I keep doing the thing with my fingers. But, like, the fact that he's able to, like, get those heads continuously moving and make it seem as lifelike as it does. And then he has to add in bits where, like, the Hydra has to grab one of the other characters. And, like, and they actually that- really... They really did a good job animating the humans. Like, I know that's a stop-motion puppet... But I think about older movies like King Kong where you see, like, the puppets and they literally look like Raggedy Ann, like, you know, like, no mm-hmm. elbows <laughs> and just like, like, they couldn't do better at the time. But, like, it's really cool when you see Jason the Argonauts and you're like, okay, I know it's a puppet, but I'm able to believe that's Jason that's, yes. in, the clutches, that's in the clutches of um, of the Hydra. But, like, he had to keep track of all the head movement head movements and, like, it, it just, it's, it's so just... Oh my gosh! And the, <laughs> there's just so much with, with with the with the special effects in this movie. It, it's just it's absolutely insane. But also from a production value standpoint, this was the most expensive Harryhausen movie up to that time, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and it's a pretty good looking movie in a, in, in a lot of in a lot of scenes. I think you know with them be shooting in different locations and whatnot. And I, I think about some of the scenes like when they're in Colchis. When when they're when, when they're worshiping the goddess and all that, you know what it made me think of a little bit, like seeing like the costumes and set design, and I think this is very appropriate given the that it's like a Greek like Greek story. It reminded me a lot of like a, a stage show or like a play, a little bit, just like even like some of the the way the dialogue was spoken and uh, like how commanding like a lot of the lines were spoken and just the way the costumes were and like the the design of like even like um the 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 poseidon guy i forget he's like he's like like triton like the no no no, um the king at the who was poseidon clash what was his name oh oh um shoot jack jack (laughs) willem is the actor's name and what was the character 80s king 80s 
eighties. King King nineteen eighty four, right? So, <laughs> um, like even like his look looked very much like something out of a stage show, but it really sort of worked mm-hmm. again because because you know the time period, and so it kind of felt like I was watching like this epic being performed right in front of me in this movie, and that was something I actually really liked about it. Also, just just a, a notable a notable connection because of. Um... Because of James James Bond, Honor Blackman plays Hera in this movie. <laughs> which, that's what? Pussy Galore, right? Pussy Galore in Goldfinger, which is one of the only Bond movies that I own, fun fact. <laughs> I own, well, technically my family owns all of them because my dad is a massive James Bond fan. Shout out, like, shout out to Ken because we will also be mentioning another Bond connection in the, uh, in the next half. <laughs> No, I actually I got him the whole like complete set of James Bond movies for forty like that fiftieth anniversary set. Right. I got it for, I got it for like forty bucks, and I was like, here you go. Wow. So nice. the only one I own personally is Skyfall, but that's I like that movie, and I like the Adele song. So the Adele song's really good. The Adele song's very but, good, but go, but also Goldfinger is a great song. Uh, that is oh, that is such a great song. Goldfinger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, like I, I, oh, but also, I ha- we have to talk about this because this is one of your other connections with this movie. Bernard Herrmann did the amazing score for this film. I literally just learned so much about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he had a crash course in Bernard Herrmann before the show started, guys. It was like, hysterical. Like I literally saw his name. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who that is. And then I looked it up. Like, oh, oh wow, oh wow. I like seeing all the stuff that he did. Like he did, he's worked with Orson Welles a bunch. Like the first movie he ever did is the second greatest movie of all time. I say that in quotations. <laughs> <laughs> he's referring to Citizen Kane. In case you already forgot, that was a movie. But anyway, <laughs> if he did Paddington too, I would have known who it was. <laughs> now, oh man, P- Paddington as like a thriller, like like on the edge of my seat. That's what Paddington Three should be. <laughs> I'm still like I still love that uh, that tweet I sent you, marmalade. No, no, it should the next Paddington should be North by Northwest, but with Paddington. If I'd have seen it, I, I would, like I'm just picturing Paddington running away from a plane. No, like, like, Pat, Paddington Paddington is completely framed, and he has to go cross country. He goes cross. He goes around the world. He encounters James Mason. <laughs> I'm totally down for that. Uh, but Bernard Herman, like, just he, he's done so much. It's it was it was weird just to see like the whole list of things. Like he did the Twilight Zone music. The he he did the season one music. I don't know if he did like the the really famous because that came in later seasons. If oh, okay. okay. So it's like, and that Twilight Zone music is still really good. And if you ever see from season one, definitely give it a listen. Another sort of similar famous track that uh, he did. <laughs> But also, it's like, oh, but also, um, one of the most beautiful pieces of music ever composed for a movie, the the love theme for Vertigo. And, you know, it was reused so many times and such a great piece of music. You know, so. Literally, just look up a list of all the movies this guy's done and you feel like it's the ultimate, like, film class curriculum. But also, too, um, in connection with Harryhausen, he also did the score for Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. And they both 
both scores convey that sense of like epic adventure, especially Jason the Argonauts is like the epic adventure story. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I it's, it really just goes to show you that the music is also a huge component in these types of movies. And it helps, it really helps elevate it and makes you believe that these stories are really just so much larger than life than what you might see on the screen at times. And it gives it a grand sense. I mean, when this movie starts and you see that really cool, like, uh, title sequence like the title cards that look like the side of greek like worn down pots with the great like le- uh, font that they used and you get that big booming music that like this is like you know right from the start you're you're in for something special absolutely i mean just so good but with this movie with this movie i think as, as far as like a harryhausen film i think it's it's one of the better stories that they've had for this kind of thing but it also is the ultimate showcase for some of his best, some really some of his best work ever. I mean, mm-hmm. Talos is great, and but you also have the Hydra, and then that's followed up by with the skeleton, the, this massive skeleton fight. The harpies and the harpies. We didn't even talk about the harpies that much. We didn't that's talk great, about the harpies. That's a great scene too. And Listen, that's also a great, also great Yu Gi Oh card. <laughs> Just play the harpy, lady sisters. My, my Valentine. My Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for a Yu Gi Oh episode. I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Eventually, it, it, it'll happen <laughs> at, at at some point. If you guys want a Yu-Gi-Oh episode, let us know, and we'll 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 jumpstart that. Yeah, I just think it, it's just one of the. It's just a great. It's a great adventure film, great fantasy film. I mean, obviously, there's Greek mythology, so there's obviously the fantasy element to it. But mm-hmm. and I wish, I wish that at the time it was successful because I would have loved to actually have seen like the like like a part two or like a sequel kind of thing. I think that w- I think he would have wanted it too. Ray Harryhausen. I, I think I think so too. I I'm, I wouldn't be surprised because I have a book of like Ray Harryhausen's like quote unquote lost projects, like stuff that he, that he didn't get to do or things that people asked him to do, all sorts of stuff. And I'm mm. sure that was one of the things that he wanted to do at some point was a Clash, uh, not Clash, sorry, Jason the Argonauts, um, Jason the Argonauts uh, sequel. But uh, though we don't have a Jason the Argonauts uh, sequel, we do have sort of a spiritual successor as our second film. Uh, We're going to hop on a boat and journey to the lands of 1981. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Two Dudes One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about Jason and the Argonauts. Now we are jumping to a, a well. We're not really jumping anywhere. We're still in Greece, uh, actually. <laughs> not lightning. Um, 
but we are jumping forward uh, quite a few years, actually, um, with our next Harryhausen film, which is the 1981 epic adventure, Clash of the Titans. Come on. You, I know you have one. I know you have one. Boobo best boy. Ah! <laughs> it's scary because it's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Clash of the Titans. So, this is my first experience with Ray Harryhausen, which I think makes sense because I feel like that's a lot. Is it a lot of people's first? I mean, I would imagine it was because this was a, a pretty, a, a decently successful film in its release and it gets, it gets shown in, in schools and stuff, which I imagine we'll, mm -hmm. we'll end up talking about. And I mean, they did, a, they did a remake, which don't watch, watch clips. Cause there's some, there's some like cool effects and stuff, but don't watch the whole thing. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. again, um, we should say what's the director? Louis Ledier, Le, 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 uh, is that his name? He's done good things, and he's know. done something that Joey is like obsessed with. There's one thing that Joey loves that he did, um, and we might talk about that later. But yeah, I just want to, yeah, gonna keep yeah. keep hush hush on that one. Wanna yeah, as but, you but let's <laughs> let's talk about Clash of the Titans. Yes, this Clash of the Titans. <clears throat> so. This is 19, 1981. I mean, you know what else came out in 1981? Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is yeah. just kind of a mind-blowing thing to think <laughs> about because, you know, Ray Harry, like, even, like, even though, like, obviously there's, like, a leap, you know, in certain processes and things from, from Jason to this, it still feels like a much older film than what you would expect from 1981. If you would have said that it came out in 1981, I would have said you're lying to me. What, like, there's no, like, the outside of, like, an older-looking Burgess Meredith, because, I mean, obviously he was younger in the 60s, there's no real indication watching this movie, and I think it's all, it almost feels like it's on purpose, but there's no, there feels like there's no real indication that this is in, this was made in 1981. Yeah, I mean, but, and that's not, that's not to diminish the film at all, it just, it just feels like, it feels like an it feels like an older film, you know, and um, it does. That's just something I, I, I noticed as somebody who is as a huge fan of this one. This was like a bit a way bigger budget than any of his previous films. So in this this time, Harryhausen did a majority of the effects, but I believe he had two assistants working on this, and this was a much bigger, like I said, much bigger project. And he was probably a lot older by this point too. So I imagine this is almost twenty years later after. Um, after Jason, but you also got to remember too, um, Columbia had distributed a lot of the Harryhausen films, a lot of the Charles Schneer, who's like the producer partner of Harryhausen. Like they, they, they put out a lot of those, um, a lot of those films, Jason, the Sinbad films and all that. But when they were approached with clash of the Titans, they said no, because this would be way too expensive. So MGM handled this one. Like we got this guys. This, they don't. They don't want to do it. They don't know what the. You're Ray Harryhausen. Of course, we're going to do it. Um. So one thing I, I will say is that the th this film, like it has one thing it does have over um Jason is that 
it does have a more definitive ending. It is a more complete narrative, yeah. Te- and I say that in the technical category because yeah. I don't know if if the if the a lot of the story is all that interesting. Like I don't I don't care about Perseus so much because it doesn't feel like he has that much conflict I mean, as a person. If I'm being if I'm being honest, like I hate Perseus. <laughs> like and Harry Hamlin Harry Hamlin's, you know, I, I enjoy a lot, lot, you know, some of his, some of his stuff and, and all that. So this is not an attack on him. No, it's just on, this is on, on the way Perseus is written for this movie. Like the character. Okay. Imagine you see a guy good, like super tall, super good looking, pretty well put together, pretty fit. And his dad is Zeus and his dad wants to just give him everything. Wouldn't you hate that guy too? <laughs> <laughs> and if and if they had and if he had even like an ounce of charm maybe that would be different at least like 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 with jason like jason has a much more com- is a much more of a commanding a much more commanding presence he he's got sort of a slight edge to his character as yeah. far as like like his sort of distrust or like you know yeah are the gods really gonna help us out and also think about this too like think about this too you like jason more and his and the guy that plays him was dubbed <laughs> like he was dubbed so you technically have a whole character being formed out of a, a separate voice and a performance and then you have Harry Hamlin who doesn't have any of that and he's just kind of there <laughs> yeah so but but again like i said this is nothing against Harry Hamlin it's just i i, I feel like a lot of it is just the way the way this char- character is written, like everybody, it's literally like the case of every all the supporting characters are way more interesting than mm-hmm. Perseus. Would you like? Would you would you put this in the category as Jake Sully, like the same category as a Jake Sully? Not to like make the connection because Sam Worthington plays him in the in the remake, but I, I am curious if you would consider. I don't. Him th- the- I don't think that's. En- I don't think that's entirely entirely unfair, you know. But at, at least with, I feel like Jake Sully has more of a purpose. In an avatar, and at least with I Jake Sally, you don't hate him because like he's he comes off like a snobby rich guy. No, I mean J- Jake Sully had to work. Had to, you know, <laughs> yeah. he got lucky. He got he got a, a terribly lucky break, as we mentioned in that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all, but also too, he had to work hard for that for that stuff for a lot of that stuff. Too. Whereas whereas Perseus is literally just like the first thing, the first time we see him, he's lying on a beach. <laughs> it also just doesn't seem like he's that impressed that he gets all this cool stuff. No, like he's like, like there's a helmet and a shield like, and a like, sword. Like Richard, Richard, I'm just I'm just gonna say this to you. Like, imagine, imagine if Ken just decided, all right, here you go. Here's like, this gold <laughs> shield. Here's this helmet that turns you invisible, and you can't even. And you're just like mild amusement, I guess. I was, you know what? There, there was one time. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> no. did, I, did I dig somewhere? I'm, I'm sorry. I did. You know what? I don't. He doesn't listen to this, so I'm just gonna tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time I woke up one one morning and I see uh, a pocket knife. Like like a it, it like it looked like Batman and it was just sitting on my table on my my dresser where you're sitting right now on my phone, and I looked at it and I was like, "Is that a knife?" <laughs> I you know what I was great I, at the end of the day I am grateful that he gave that was very nice of him. Um, I have used it 
to like open packages and stuff i don't currently know where i think it's downstairs actually but that was definitely like i feel like a, a slight perseus moment on my part i just look at it, i'm like he got me a knife huh <laughs> <laughs> so i love you dad though but that was definitely no. <laughs> kind of a similar moment yes um <laughs> But, like, yeah, like, I want to talk about the supporting cast, because this is the best cast. Like, as far as, like, a big-name cast, I mean, this is, like, the biggest-name cast. Did I not mention Burgess Meredith? You did mention Burgess Freaking Meredith. Freaking Penguin! The, the Penguin is is in this thing. I mean... Like, um, what, who, What's his name again in Rocky? Mickey. Mickey. You gotta eat lightning and crap thunder! Isn't that the line? Something, yeah. And, and, I was so focused on something else in Rocky, but <laughs> but point you were, is, you were way, yeah, you were very focused on other elements of that one. Um, <laughs> but let's also remember too, Lawrence acting legend. Liter- literally, there is a theater award named after this man, Lawrence Olivier. Mm-hmm. He and you know what? Oddly enough, he happens to play Zeus. He's Zeus. It happens to fit. <laughs> like if you're gonna get someone to play Zeus, that seemed like a pretty good fit. Though, though, I want to give. I didn't get to talk about him the last time, but I want to give a shout out to um, uh, not Niall uh, McGinnis who plays Zeus in the last one. Because in in this one, like Zeus has like more of a regal appearance. Yeah, this one like I almost get like almost a slight like more maybe slightly sophisticated Robert Baratheon vibe. <laughs> from the Zeus in uh, Jason the Argonauts. I like, he's just like a guy. And he's just like, oh. Like, I want women and food. Where are they? I'm the king. He, he just like, he likes playing games and stuff. And he, he's just like, he's just he's having just like game guy. night every night. He's having game night every night with his he, wife. Like, like if you would put those two pictures together, like, okay, I would believe Lars Olivier was like the king of the gods or whatever. And then McGinnis is like this guy who, but he does a good job playing him. It's like, and it really adds to that movie, I think, in a weird way. But one of the, I think the best, uh, I think the best casting, the best, the best performance as far as like the characters are concerned in this movie, um, Maggie Smith, Maggie Smith is excellent in this movie. a lot of people from our generation should know who maggie smith is i mean just again just to name a few things to help you know who exactly maggie smith was if that name does not ring a bell to you um well uh she was the old lady wendy old wendy in hook for one that was my first experience with her um this is the only time we'll ever mention anything related to this franchise but obviously professor mcgonagall in the Harry Potter franchise, which is a big thing for her, and Downton Abbey. Yes. So I mean, mom loves that show, so and is very excited about the sequel. There you go. You know who else is in uh, the da- Downton Abbey? Hugh Bonneville, aka Mister Brown, aka brought it back to Paddington. I I know. Um, there's, I forget the dude's name, <laughs> but he's got like a great voice, and he was a villain in like an arc on the '90s Zorro TV show. Uh, <laughs> And Zorro on that show is played by uh, the guy who plays Dracula in uh, Monster Squad. So he has that famous line, Give me the amulet, you <laughs> bitch! <laughs> and, then, and then, if you just want to talk about some more, um, some Downton Abbey, just, just throw this out there. Dan Stevens was also on Downton Abbey. Yes. Um, so. Also, uh, our our boy, our boy, our um, he. I almost like to think of him as the as the Pat Hingle of this episode. <laughs> uh, 
where where is this is this lovely boy? Um, uh, Jack Willem plays Poseidon in this movie. He because he's in both movies. Yes. So he is kind of the Pat Hengel of this episode, and he's great. And he plays Poseidon, and he gets the underwater scenes are, are kind of funny because he's just because you know they're doing their best with it, and he's trying to do his best, and he just has like a, a slightly agape mouth, like like his tongue coming out every now and then, just. <laughs> but but I really did believe he could release the Kraken. So shout out shout out to uh, Jack Willem, uh, you know. Uh, but it, it, just, this movie is the base, the very basic, basic, basics. I, I don't even feel like the main story happens, starts to happen until like the second half in a lot of no. ways. Because um, a, a lot of it is build up at first because we're sort of like introduced to these characters and then eventually we get to the incident when um, Perseus uh, gets the the riddle and he, and he answers it right and he's able to, to marry the girl. And uh, the the wedding is not sanctioned, and um, Maggie Smith is like, "Hey, I don't like this, and you were mean to my son. You know what? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna lay a curse. And you know what that curse is gonna be? Huh? Huh? You're gonna have to sacrifice this beautiful young lady to the Kraken, or I'm gonna have the Kraken kill all of you. It's your choice. I'm just saying. And like, what are you gonna do? Huh? We could do, that and that propels Jason to not Jason, not Jason. Sorry, Perseus. I wish it was Jason. That's why I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Joey. Get out. You got You got to get. You got. We we're about facts on this show. <laughs> this, these are fantasy films. I might add. <laughs> uh, Perseus. Perseus. Sorry, <laughs> you said that so defeated. Perseus. 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 Uh, you know, Perseus has to go on this quest, and, uh, you know, he has to find a way to defeat the Kraken, and he finds out he's gotta, he's gotta get the head of Medusa to do that. Which, I mean, you, I feel like at this point, you should, everyone should know who Medusa is. It's one of those things. If you don't, she's, uh, she's a, she's a, gor- uh, a Gorgon? That's, a, uh, I, right? Yeah, I believe, I believe so. Though it makes me think of small soldiers, because that's what the monsters were called, or that's what the the homeland of the monsters was called in that movie, uh, Gorgon. Um, but she's essentially this once beautiful woman that got cursed and then turned into like a a hideous creature with like snake for hair. Yeah. But she's one of the she's by far one of those like iconic Greek mythological characters that has been used a lot. Oh yeah, I imagine it's one of those things where it, it, a lot of people just just know, just know, like they know the name Medusa, and it's uh, you know. But beyond that, I do want to get to finally talking about the Harryhausen stuff in this. The creatures in this are some are some of his most iconic ones. Even this I mean, one. the Kraken, the Kraken, the Kraken is like. Like, it's one of the most... I mean, obviously, when you think of the Kraken, there's, like, you know, there's the squid, like, something that they use in, like, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, or just, like, general sea lore. But in the case of this, the Kraken is this, like, almost anatomically correct sea sea monster that's, like, a... Imagine, like, a, uh, a giant, like, merman um, 
<laughs> it sounds kind of stupid, but it's actually really cool. But it's a giant merman that like has fish features sort of on like top, but it's just like this fierce monster. And it's it's by far one of the most iconic images. I mean, when you were doing your video for your, your two dudes pickups, like that cover for the laser disc, yeah, is Perseus on the Pegasus um, fighting the Kraken. That yeah, I love that Kraken design um, so much. It, it, it's it's hard for me to pick like a favorite like Harryhausen um, Harryhausen creature. Is that up there? It's up there, probably in the top like two. <laughs> <laughs> so what's number one then is the question well, well, i mean nobody nothing's number one i mean i also really like as we we're just gonna say i really like the dragon from seventh voyage uh i just really like that um that really that, like that design um i mean there's so many of them there's so many the cyclops from seventh voyage i mean uh just just guanji from valley of guanji talos of course and then medusa is is great in this one but the kraken is very iconic very, very, very mm -hmm. iconic. Um, and uh, I, I got to, I mean, I, I've never seen the puppet in person, but like they have all, like a lot of the Harryhausen stuff in an exhibit in Scotland right now. Um, right. That's what you're telling me about that. And they have like the, the, the Kraken puppet, which is huge. It's a big boy. It is a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, so the Kraken, of course, but you also got to, just to, just to go through these, like there's the two headed, there's the two headed dog. That, that pops up and that, that, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a fun enough sequence you got the scorpions you know that, that, that scorpions pegasus pegasus you know yes which another another especially because of i think i imagine at least my first experience was the disney movie uh hercules um but that's also just tristar <laughs> <laughs> tristar pictures you see the you see the the pegasus um of course uh calabos who is excuse me calabos who's one of those like is performed by an actor like in close-ups, but in wide shots is a stop-motion uh, creature. You know, so that's that's right. That was that's one. Admittedly, I tend to forget about, but then when I watch the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, there's that guy. There's like this deformed, like sort of weird Beauty and the Beast thing, but instead of being like a like a somewhat decent, like good-hearted dude, he's actually like kind of a jerk. But he also, but but like. Just to like dwell on him for a second, I'm sorry. No, no, no. go ahead. Um, just to dwell on him for a second, there are times I kind of felt bad. Like I know, like when we are described him, like he's not described in the greatest of light. But especially when the person we're following is Perseus, I kind of feel bad for him. No, because well, okay, I hate both of them. I'll say that. I'll say. Yes. I'll say that much. Yes. I, and Perseus, I don't think did anything wrong. It's just that he's very privileged. I, I, I yes. would say, you know, I'm, yes, hundred like, percent. Like, yeah, he, uh, yeah, his, his, um, you know, the one dude put him in the box with his mom. But like, how many times you're gonna help out, help this guy out, Zeus? Like, seriously, come on. Like, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you made, you tried to make one of your, one of the other gods give him the owl, like, like her, the real, the real owl, Bubo, the, the real Bubo, which I'm like, no, and she's like, I'm not doing that. No, like and, he, and, and like even though I hate him so much of this, the way he like walks away and he goes, "It's my wish, I command it." What a, you're like, I hate what you. A what a piece of shit. What a terrible person. <laughs> this is this is why we needed Jason in this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jason would have been like, "Screw you, dude." <laughs> I, what do you think? I'm a charity case. I don't need no owl. I got. Look, do you see what I have? <laughs> I got these guys at a boat. 
<laughs> no, I'm not just imagining like God of War, but it has just Jason, Jason, and like his boys overthrowing Olympus. But like they don't, they don't, yeah. they don't get rid of. They only get rid of. Hell they only yeah. get rid of Zeus. Everybody else stays. No, yeah. I mean, everyone else is really good, but Zeus, you get, you're going but, down. But going buddy. back to but going back to Calibos. Going back to Calibos. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Calibos is a bad dude. We know. We, you and I both know this. He's, te- he's yes, terrible. Yes. I just think that like. The, the thing is, like, Zeus is the king of the gods, so he has that f- sort of favoritism for everybody and mm-hmm. for, hey, favoritism for other, you know, other people and all that. So it's, yeah, uh, a- after, like, he, he broke a couple things, like, Calibos was screwed inevitably, sadly. Yeah. Like, he, the first, he gets deformed, he's turned into, like, a beast, he gets his hand chopped off. Like, and my other argument to also is is Maggie Smith. Uh, uh, be be a better mom. Maybe <laughs> be better. Like, uh, <laughs> be better. Do better. Yeah. Do better. listen. Listen. You gotta you gotta push a little bit harder. I mean, yeah, he's Zeus, but that doesn't mean like that doesn't mean honestly anything. You could have just like been like, no. You, could, you know, what? she should have deformed Perseus. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Just a thought. I don't know. Listen, just listen, a thought. Listen. Point 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 being, Calabos Calabos is there. It's it's kind of cool. I actually like Calabos's lair pretty neat honestly that is a really like the design of the like the swamp area was really uh, cool you know of course he has like the the vulture uh that that picks up that picks up uh princess andromeda which is such a mm-hmm. such a wild name um which i only ever think of when i think because like obviously at the end of the movie they're constellations but like when i think of andromeda i think of the constellation yeah i think of i think of outer space and it just feels so far from like the greek side of things that i just think of it as just like, yeah. an outer space <laughs> I, phenomenon like is this star wars what is this should <laughs> i master andromeda what that's a great name but, though uh, like, come on but yes um but getting to to the stop motion characters there's two more there's there there's at least two more off the top of my head that we have to talk about in addition to like the Kraken, especially and the first one I want to bring up is Bubo because Bubo is great. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought a mechanical owl would be as again, as iconic as it became. No, but you know, what's funny about that is I listened to the Ray Harryhausen podcast and they have like a, they did like a ranking of like the be- like uh, fans voted like the best Harryhausen um, creations and Bubo made the list, and people were surprised by that, but the thing they revealed was that Bubo gets some of the most social media tractions out of any of the uh, creatures on their page. I mean, that's surprising? They were surprised by that? People were surprised because well, because they would have thought, like, because when you think, because people like to think, oh, yeah, I like, I like the Cyclops, or like, oh, the Kraken, Medusa... You know, and all these all more badass, traditionally like badass things, and not like R two D two, but an owl. You know, I mean, I will say like my perspective is is it comes from a complete lack of Harryhausen like experiences. So, I, so obviously it would make sense that I, but I would have figured that character would have been pretty high up there to a degree, just because like he's not like again this is no way of diminishing depending on it maybe it just depends on who you talk to but he's kind of like the olaf of this movie a little bit like he's like that cute like and like it's that character that just is it's marketable and you know you got a lot of toys of him but in in the case of this it works out really well because he 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 is such a, like an adorable lovable character and, and like i said that, it's the r2d2 it's the r2d2 yeah. of, of the story which i'm fine with i love bubo's design 
I, I laugh at the Boobo scenes. I wish I had a life-size Boobo in the man cave. That'd be amazing. Why don't you have a life-size Boobo in the man out, cave? That would be outrageously expensive. And I'm instead spending my money. Have you seen? Have you? Have you? Have you sought? Have you sought this out? I have a couple times. There, the, listen, there, there, there's some Harryhausen <laughs> collectible that are that are quite expensive. Listen, this is a this is me addressing any like like sideshow collectibles, hot toys, Prime make One Studio, any of those. Make a boobo. Make a boo make a boobo, but make it affordable so that Joey can can actually get it you know, up and not in installments. Dude, like, <laughs> I know people make fun of Funko Pops all the time, but this is why I like Funko Pops. They're not that expensive and they're not that big, so I if I had like like a, even just a Funko Pop boobo, I could just put it on my shelf somewhere. Funko. Funko. Make a make a Clash the Titans line, please and thank you. Yes, um, and we have to talk about this creature, which we did talk we did talk about in in relation to the plot, but that is Medusa. That's the I mean that to me is like the scene that makes the movie. Yeah, because first off, like there is music, but it but it starts off super quiet. It's like no score. They're sneaking into the lair. It's just this blood red lit, like shadowed lair, like underground kind of situation. And you just, you just, you know, like just like, like quick flashes every now and then. And you don't know what's going on. You get one look. And if you look, if you look wrong, turn to stone. I love the sound effect when she stares at somebody. Like that. The ringing, the ringing sound and just like and and also just the fact that her eyes glow green with that red background it's so beautiful yeah because traditional in a lot of like other uh media they they, they portray medusa like they have she has like the pretty face but she's got snakes in her hair yeah like i think of um our 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 lovely uh lady uh miss uma thurman uh, who was unfortunately in this movie, um, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. She plays Medusa in that movie, but it's just her face with like snake hair. I'm glad I got to see her face, but you know it would have been cool. I'm sure it would have been cool to like have more snake features, but you know whatever. Um, no, but like she, it, it, it's such a compelling like, and that's also a big puppet. Um, that's also a big puppet too. But and that that's definitely one of the most. It's for me. It is right up there with like the likes of like the Cyclops, the Hydra, and like the Harryhausen skeleton as like just some of the best Harryhausen creatures. And that whole scene is just well executed, top to bottom, as a as a movie. Oh scene. my god! It's just it's so comp- it's so like thrilling, and just like just like because that's that's the thing. Like it's such like a great monster to fight because you can't look at him. Because if you look at Medusa, you're you're screwed. And if she gets you, even if she's not looking at you, she's going to bite you, kill you with the poison, because she's a bunch of poisonous, venomous snakes in her hair. It's like, it's a tough cookie. So, you know what? Perseus might be kind of a boring, like, privileged dude, but, you know, he, he was able to take down the take down Medusa, so I, I give him some props on that. <laughs> I'll give him that. Even if, you know, he the, the shield was given to him by his dad and the sword was given to him by his dad, but you know, he, he used it well. Yeah. This is this this is this this is all this is all very this is all very um uh, all very true. Uh, I also again want to mention the score. We mentioned Bernard Herman did Jason and the Argonauts. Um uh, let me just double check the, the name real quick so I, I know what I'm talking about. Lawrence Rosenthal did the score 
um, for Clash of the Titans. I think it's also it's also a very good score, and it it, it is a very it, good it really score. it really adds again to that like the epic like. So like the fan, the fantasy, especially the fantasy and the whimsy, because I think about like especially like, you know, yeah, that. like like it is a, especially I think in comparison, I think Jason was a lot more like epic kind of booming, whereas like there's literally a scene after like at, like after like this kind of tragic moment where Percy and his mom were chucked in the ocean, then you just follow the seagull to Olympus, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> but it like it's not like it's sort of a contrast but it but it still like flows pretty well also i just want to know uh, uh to note this um so you remember where it went like andromeda's being sacrificed mm-hmm. at the end of the movie that scene at the end of the movie and i don't know if you remember the specific like rock structure um but there was this rock structure called the azure window uh that was in malta and uh, it, it is, it has been in other, um, other pieces of media in, cl- is that the thing you were telling me was in game of Thrones? Yes. It was in the Dothraki wedding in the pile in the, in the first episode of game of Thrones, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, or like in the wedding in, in that first season, I don't remember. I think it was in the pilot in the first episode or whatever, but that structure actually collapsed a few years ago. Um, you know, Oh. earthquakes and you know I, I all that stuff um but it is which is unfortunate because it's such a beautiful beautiful natural structure if you ever like look at like pictures of it it's it's ap- was absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous but i thought i thought i'd just mention that we're not a geography podcast either but you know no we kind of if we if we were that'd be this would be a terrible show <laughs> <laughs> like when are they gonna talk about geography all they just talk about movies this whole time um you know Oh, so the coordinates are this uh, 36 degrees, oh, 03. I don't even know what I'm talking about now at this point. <laughs> I don't know what you were just doing. I'm just, I'm just reading <laughs> numbers. Listen, uh, if, you, if there's any good geography podcasts out there, please send them send them our way. So, uh, <laughs> we, we probably need them. We probably need them. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, I want to mention the uh, James Bond connection, another one. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it, it, um, uh, so... Uh, Ursula, Ursula Andress, uh, is in this movie. Yes. Uh, yes, she is. Uh, as, as, uh, Aphrodite. That makes sense. I mean, if you're going to get a, if you're going to get someone to play Aphrodite, it would probably be a Bond, uh, uh, a Bond lady. It'd be, it would be a Bond lady. And also, I think your note that you told me to add to this, um, the gods are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very apt way to describe it. Like they're all like jerks to each other. I mean, Zeus is like the ultimate asshole. It starts. But... It starts at the top, man. It starts at the. It top. starts from the top and it trickles down, man. Like all that. Like there's literally a scene where they're just like, okay, how am I going to screw over Zeus today? <laughs> well, <laughs> and like they just casually talk about like how they all like to turn into animals and like fornicate with humans or try, and it's like. Which is it's it's makes sense because it's it makes sense to the degree that it's adapting Greek mythology and that's like what they do in Greek mythology. But like, there's even a scene in freaking um the the remake when they have Zeus like turn into like a, a hawk and then fly and like sneak into Perseus's mom's room and then like you know turns into Perseus's dad or who was supposed to be his dad and then like. Like it's messed up, man. It's the really... Greek gods are the Greek gods are dicks. Well, that, that's the other thing I sort of was kind of admired about the remake, even though I don't think it's a great movie. It at least had that like 
had that cynicism towards the gods, at least on on some right. on some level. Whereas this, like, it shows that the gods are like horrible. But it's like, oh no, no! If they're helping Perseus, they're cool. They're cool guys. Yeah. Cool. No. Come on. Did you not see the blue lights behind Zeus's head? He's cool. <laughs> He's clearly a nice guy. <laughs> He's clearly a nice guy. Clearly. He's got two robes on. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. but ultimately, with both of these films, these are both you know. Again, we're not experts at Greek mythology, or at least I'm not. I can't. I can't. Um, are you would you classify yourself as like a no I do like Greek mythology a lot it was like amongst all that you know what this is kind of a messed up story um, but this sort of leads into the first time I ever watched this oh boy. movie I've told you this story yes you have um, but I I've always liked Greek mythology when I was younger and I think a lot of it is just contributed to like the movies that I watched, like especially the Disney movies, like Hercules and Atlantis and stuff, which are both Greek myths. And then um, it's just it's something that I always thought was kind of cool, like the like all the different stories and the characters and um, the heroes and whatnot. Like it's 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 wild to think that because people at the time didn't know how the world came to be, that they would just make up these grand like fantastic stories as a way not only as a way to explain how the world came to be, but to also like, you know, sort of just tell stories, I guess. And, um, I remember one year when I was in sixth grade, we took a Greek mythology class, like, a, like in, within my history class, there was, we had a Greek mythology section and I was stoked. I was so excited to, to like actually learn about this stuff. Uh, we were like towards like like lo- like most of these situations, we would get to the end of the course, and the teacher would show a movie or something as like a like a like a grand like either like as a final like lesson or just like as a like oh we did it so let's show the movie, and um they showed Clash of the Titans, so it was my first time ever seeing it, and so I was like oh that's really cool, and I was actually like really into it. Then this is where it kind of gets really tragic actually. So um I remember going into school one day uh during this time we were watching the movie and being excited to see it and each class i was in i noticed kids were leaving i i didn't really know why it was it was kind of it was kind of strange but like in the back of my head i'm going i want to leave like like it like i want to that'd be cool why do these like it wasn't even like Every kid that was leaving was, like, part of, like, a club or, like, part of this or doing that or whatever. It was just, like, random kids. So I was, I was like, that'd be cool if I got to leave. Then I get to that class. And we're sitting and we're watching um, Clash of the Titans. And uh, someone from the office comes up and says, you know, hey, my, uh, your mom's come to pick you up. So I was like, I get to go home. So, like, I'm, like, excited. Like, I'm sad that, I, you know, I don't get to watch the rest of the movie, but I'm excited that I get to go home. Then I see my my mom and my sister, and there's obviously something wrong. And so that's when, like, it changes. Because when you're a kid, you don't expect some sort of, like, tragic news as to why you're being picked up. But in retrospect, it's probably the only reason they're ever going to come pick you up in a, in a way, which is really sad to think about. So then I found out that th- the reason that they came and got me was because that was the same day that two planes decided to crash into the Twin Towers in New York City. Still hearing that story is just like, ugh, man. 
like it's 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 so wild that because like that's something especially every year when that day comes around everyone's like do you remember 9-11 do you remember where you were 9-11 i was in my classroom watching clash the titans wow that movie will always have that connection for me that that's that's still just rough to rough to think about like i'm trying to remember Mm -hmm. myself not to get into a whole 9-11 thing but i don't remember if i was picked up early or not on on 9-11 i think what you were you because i was in sixth grade so you were probably in because you're three years younger than me so you're probably what like fourth third fourth grade maybe third fifth grade no i will 2001 were you third grade no i was in second i think i was in second grade Wow, I was I, my 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 age thing is just out the window. <laughs> but I, I I think I was an older I was an older se- you know second grader or whatever. But it was also that day like, I mean that was a year after my dad passed, and you know oh wow I wasn't I wasn't even you know you're not you're not thinking about I mean I think my mom was especially you know at that age yeah so I remember seeing like coming home and seeing that that just shocking footage it's still when you when you when you watch it today you're, you're just like i mean again you know you're just like wow that was something that that happened like that 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 happened and as a child my first assumption was this is something from a movie because i you know i'd like i like movies. yeah exactly i thought it was i thought exactly. it was i thought it was like because i remember my uncle showing me independence day or like, like this isn't I this isn't real this is like this this can't be like, real this can't be happening you know um, no but I think that also just emphasizes emphasizes the importance in, in another another sense. Like a lot of reason why we do this podcast, the importance of, of movies as 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 a type of escapism. You know, it's important. Mm-hmm. It's important to deal with the realities of something. You know, like like what happened. You know, what would happen that that tragic day. But also, and 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 I'm also glad that I I, I can now attribute this new memory to this movie because like that would kind of suck to like just constantly anytime I watch the movie the first thing oh I watched it which will always be there but now I have like I got to like watch it with my friend and we did a whole like video about did a whole, it stuff did a whole yeah did a whole poll podcast or podcast, podcast. Yeah, not a video it's, you can't see us. So- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's it's okay. I, I I mixed up the names of characters earlier. <laughs> You're allowed to mix up the format of the show. I do it too often, though. I need to fix that. No, it's actually I'm so used it's, to video it's funny stuff because you're you're not the only one. Like sometimes when I talk to people, was, <laughs> like, wow, I'm gonna te- definitely check out your video, and they're like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing to see. <laughs> but no, uh, two, but but with this with this, I think these are two really good examples of why we do this show. Or what, like some of the stuff that w- appeals to us in a way, even if, you know, they have their own issue flaws and and things that we that we look at them. They're still really great examples of, of of big action adventure fantasy films done with with incredible craft and precision. And if it if it weren't for people like Ray Harryhausen, especially in America. We wouldn't have these massive special effects movies to it. Like in a lot of ways, Harryhausen is very much um, like to go with Greek mythology. You know, like Socrates taught Plato, taught so and so, taught so and so, and in a way, like you go with the guy that did King Kong, who taught Ray Harryhausen, who would teach you know like people like probably Stan Winston or you know like maybe not directly, but like other people who would do like makeup effects they and, would and be, visual effects. They'd be very influ- they were very influenced. 
Exactly. Harry. Like when you when, like I I was thinking about like Harryhausen's ninetieth birthday, and a lot of the like the people who attended that party were like who's who and like special effects mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So that just that shows you the kind of influence that he has he has spawned with his magnificent um magnificent creations. So yeah. <laughs> like it just again the influence like with again like we talked about like with the the last one the last episode you know if we never had this person we wouldn't have these if we never had Harryhausen we wouldn't have had like all these other amazing creators who would have came in and you know like people like Peter Jackson or even like James Cameron who like evolve the technology and try new things to like make film more exciting and better in a way right right absolutely folks what are some of your favorite like Greek Greek mythology pieces of media stories what are some of your great favorite greek myths and what are some other uh what are some of your favorite special effects in movies like like either harryhausen or some later like what 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 are some special effects that stand out for you in movies yeah please we got twitter facebook instagram we're both on letterbox we have a youtube channel i'm looking to record i might record end up recording a new, another uh two uh do two video do two pickups i'm excited yep pretty soon i'm so excited I got, a lot of, I got some nice pickups let me tell you last couple weeks uh, it's gonna be pretty great uh anyway folks thanks for listening check us out next week have a good night everyone Thank you for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. You are both so great. Thank you for the music that you make. And, of course, a hint for next week's double feature. It is all about food and how awesome it is. Stay tuned. Thank you.